Self-compassion is not easy to cultivate. Yet, from an early age, many of us are taught about the importance of compassion, and how vital it is in our daily lives. But what if I told you that self-compassion was actually just as important? Hi, I'm Denny Caballero, and on this Mindful Minute segment, we're talking about self-compassion and how cultivating it daily can bring us a better understanding of who we are, which leads to a better life. Welcome back to another Mindful Minute segment. As always, I'm your host, Denny Caballero. Today, I want to take a break from talking about how we can be better versions of ourselves for others and turn that attention towards us inward. See, self-compassion for the most part is easier said than done. It's easier for us to demonstrate compassion for others, like our teammates, our loved ones. We can even find it easy to demonstrate it towards those we don't particularly like. For many of us, self-compassion is not only difficult, damn near impossible. For me, self-compassion was the last thing that ran through my mind. I hated everything about me. A lot of it had to do with the way I was raised. Um, and it led to me developing this unhealthy idea that no matter what I did, I was never good enough. I wasn't fast enough. I wasn't strong enough. And I damn sure wasn't good enough for my job. And I didn't feel like I even deserved to be around my other teammates. I viewed myself through the lens of a ruthless critic. I was hypercritical, judgmental, destructive, and absolutely hateful. I hid my disdain for myself through dark, self-deprecating, and often times of ridiculous humor. I reframed from, reframed that hate I had for myself and called it humility, called it being humble. Which, of course, is nothing but a lie. What I didn't know was that self-compassion is a vital aspect of our mental health. Self-judgment, especially when it's developed from a grossly false narrative, wrecks havoc on our emotional stability. It creates unwanted anxiety. It breeds insecurity. It can lead to destroying our relationships. It can even drive us into depression. Cultivating self-compassion allows us to accept ourselves. And yes, and that includes expressing love and kindness towards ourselves. The great thing about self-compassion is that there's real science and data uh, to back it up. And it's amazing benefits. Dr. Kristen Neff, a professor and self-compassion expert, has documented and studied the effects of self-compassion for more than 20 years. Consider her like the group CSM of self-compassion. Dr. Neff presents that self-compassion is not just a simple process of being kinder towards ourselves, but rather a complex system made up of three elements. And I'll go into those three elements soon enough. But first, I want to talk about how self-compassion played a role in my healing. You see, when... We're at the end of our rope. We're at the lowest of lows. The hardest thing to really think about is that we, 
at our core are worthy of being saved, are worthy of living a life. And even after raising my hand and saying that I needed help, I still wasn't able to like really truly cultivate self-compassion. Externally, I tried to pin down motivations for wanting to get help, for wanting to be alive. And I always kept looking outwardly for who I wanted to save myself for, for who deserved uh, that sort of uh, love and attention. It was never me. And I feel, and throughout my studying and research and even talking to other survivors, that is a common thread. A complete and lack, a complete lack of love and compassion towards ourselves. And it's not even the thought that we're worthy enough to be saved that gets us. It's always, I'm willing to do something so that others don't suffer. But that only gets us maybe into the treatment center, or maybe that only gets us into the office of that therapist. When in reality, when we really start doing the work is when we realize that we're doing the work and wanting to get better for us. The biggest shift in my stance and in my journey to recovery was when I realized that I wanted to live, that I wanted to get better. And it wasn't just so that others wouldn't suffer, so that people that I felt were close to me, close friends, family, wouldn't suffer from having to deal with the absence of me. But understanding that deep down inside, I truly did love who I was. I loved myself. There was a connection to the self. And through that, I understood that I had to be more compassionate and really start looking at the objective truth, the real truth of the matter, not the subjective and false narrative that I had spun. And that's when I realized that that was the key. Self-compassion is the key. When you hate looking into the mirror, when it's hard to find any sort of redeeming quality by yourself, that grows and it becomes a huge problem. No matter how much you want to get better for somebody else, at the end of the day, you have to do it for you and you have to be able to say that you love yourself. That's my truth and that's what I found through my process. Everyone's different. Everybody's journeys are bound to be uh, unique in their own way. But I do believe that in order to truly start working in understanding your own mental health journey, you have to start cultivating self-compassion. I mean, we're willing to feel compassion for our worst enemy. I, at times, felt it for <laughs> numerous individuals that weren't necessarily my best friends or, or even remotely close to being called friends. But that's the human factor. That's the power of caring and expressing that kindness towards somebody else. And you can do that for yourself if you start working on self-compassion. It's not easy. It took a lot of work for me to realize that I did love myself. 
and it took a lot of daily positive affirmations. To this day, every morning when I get up, when I look in my bathroom vanity mirror, my positive affirmations are still there. It's one of the first things we can do on our own by ourselves to start getting through the deficit, start working through the horrible nightmare that is suicidal ideations and negative thoughts. It's not easy. But if you love others, you can learn to love yourself. Now, back to Dr. Neff. In her complex system of three points, we start off with number one, self-kindness versus self-judgment. Self-compassion entails being warm and understanding toward ourselves when we suffer, fail, or feel inadequate. Rather than ignoring our pain or ourselves with self-criticism, self-compassion to people recognize that being imperfect, failing, and experiencing life difficulties is inevitable. So they tend to be gentle with themselves when confronted with painful experiences rather than getting angry when life falls short of set ideals. People cannot always be or get exactly what they want. When this reality is denied or fought against, suffering increases in the form of stress, frustration, and self-criticism. When this reality is accepted with sympathy and kindness, greater emotional equanimity is experienced. Number two, common humanity versus isolation. Frustration at not having things exactly as we want it, often accompanied by irrational but pervasive sense of isolation, as if I were the only person suffering or making mistakes. All humans suffer. However, the very definition of being human means that one is mortal, vulnerable, and imperfect. Therefore, self-compassion involves recognizing the suffering and personal inadequacy it's part of the shared human experience, something that we all go through rather than being something that happens just to me alone. Number three, mindfulness versus over-identification. Self-compassion also requires taking a balanced approach to our negative emotions so that feelings are neither suppressed nor exaggerated. This equilibrated stance stems from the process of relating personal experiences to those of others we're also suffering, thus putting our situation into a larger perspective. It also stems from willingness to observe our negative thoughts and emotions, and openness and clarity so that they are held in mindful awareness. Mindfulness is non-judgmental, receptive mind state in which one observes thoughts and feelings as they are, without trying to suppress or deny them. We cannot ignore our pain and feel compassion for it at the same time. At the same time, mindfulness requires that we are not over-identified with thoughts and feelings that are caught up and swept away by negative reactivity. So, what do we take away from this? It's not about just being kind and non-judgmental towards others. It's truly just as important to look inward and truly love and appreciate the person you are. We are all flawed. We are not perfect individuals. But the longer we sit in that state of hating who we are, hating ourselves, 
being hypercritical, the more that permeates into the rest of our lives. I look back to when I was at my absolute worst and I realized that that self-judgment and that hate I harbored towards myself, it didn't just stay within me. It lashes out. You judge others. You look at others and you judge them just as harshly as you're judging yourself. And I wasn't always aware of it. So just remember, there's only one of you and no one's perfect. And we all deserve a little bit more grace and a little less judgment. Until next time, take care.